Hello, 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 party people. It's nice to be back, as I am every day, (laughs) on the Secrets of a Witch podcast with me, Sabrina Scott, where we talk about life, love, healing, magic, witchcraft, tarot, spirituality, and everything in between, as we do. I guess more accurately as I do since I'm not interviewing anyone and it's just like me babbling. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. First and foremost, I really, really, really appreciate it. I've gotten so many amazing feedback and like reshares and everything. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Honestly, it means the world to me. If you have not left a review yet or shared this podcast with a friend, please do it. Honestly, it means the world to me. And I am doing this for free with the hopes of helping more people, changing people's lives, uplifting them, helping people learn some shit and feel less alone. And so when this podcast spreads, you are helping me achieve that and helping me help other people. And so thank you in advance. It means a lot. Okay, so this episode, I've got like so much to say right now about this topic, um, And so I'm going to break it up into a few different episodes with a few different slight flavors. But today I want to talk about understanding abuse psychology. And so my disclaimer is I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a counselor. I am not accredited in any of those things. (laughs) My degrees are not in that. (laughs) I am working on a PhD that does have a very large like trauma study component, um, but I'm not a doctor yet and I am not a medical doctor, blah, 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 blah. So like that's my disclaimer. This is not medical advice. I'm not accredited in any of that shit. I'm speaking as someone who is just sharing my experience, sharing what I've learned sharing what I have observed after reading like way too many books, attending like way too many conferences on trauma and healing from my own like wacky experiences uh, throughout my life. So I've learned a thing or two and I just wanted to share some of that with y'all in the hopes that it can be helpful because this stuff can often be very difficult to notice, right? especially if we're not looking for it, especially if we are healing from something really rough that means that our like warning signals are kind of broken or maybe we grew up in a weird situation where our warning signals are kind of broken and we've been working on healing that and it doesn't happen overnight to heal like the wonkiness. <laughs> and so sometimes we need these reminders, right? These like helpful guidelines, guideposts to give us some tools and resources and inspiration to just like take that breath and take that extra moment or two of reflection as we are meeting new people or out there dating or considering hiring new coaches or whatever, right? It can be anything. And While abuse often happens in like dating, intimate kind of relationships, it can really happen between any people anywhere, right? And one of the most interesting things about abuse psychology between two people 
is it's like very much the same thing like not identical but it's there's so much overlap in terms of like the psychology of it at least as far as I can tell between all these different contexts so some of the contexts that are on my mind often are like the original context of the family between a parent and child or both parents and a child etc we also see within a dating context and then we also see it sometimes in a cult context whether that's a political cult or a spiritual cult or coaching cult or like whatever and I just find it so interesting because a lot of the same stuff is going on psychologically. And so I read this amazing book a while back and it stays in my mind um, very, very clearly. I'm pretty sure the book is called Terror, Love and Brainwashing. And it's by a woman called either Alexandra Stein or Alexandra Stein. I'm really not too sure how to pronounce her last name. But it's a phenomenal book, and it really has informed a lot of my thinking on this stuff. So shout out to her. Um, Do give that book a read if you've got the time and inclination. But one of the things that she talks about, and as I've learned from reading all this other shit and like living life and, you know, learning shit, (laughs) is that one of the most common things in abuse psychology is the presence of both love or the appearance of love which can look like compliments gifts kindness attentiveness um making a lot of time and energy you know for somebody like it's often a little bit over the top like very on the outside looks kind of like very very loving and very kind and very effusive and very like beautiful and cosmic and whatever and then on the flip side is like rudeness cruelty um aggression uh and it's often this like 180 right and so I talked in one of my previous episodes about manipulation signs and one of those is of course love bombing and so we can think about that in the abuse context too right so People who abuse others, like, they never really start off abusive, like, that first day, right? Like, that's just, like, nobody would, (laughs) nobody would fall for that. And so they do often start by lulling their chosen targets into a sense of comfort, complacency, like, feeling at ease, feeling like everything is stable, feeling very loved, feeling very cared for. People might even feel like, wow, I've never met anyone that gets me in this way. And like, trust me, I felt like this a few times with folks. So like, I get it. I've been there, right? And so these people like are so over the top with their praise, with their kind words, with this like appearance of lovingness, right? And then they flip and, like, turn insane. (laughs) And I know that's probably not, like, the clinical term for this. I'm speaking as a human, not as a physician. So I can get away with that, I guess, is my podcast. So (laughs) I already gave my disclaimer. But these folks will just, like, switch the, like, flip the switch from, like, 
being this like dream partner, dream parent, dream coach, dream guru, dream whatever, and like, you know, showering you with praise, showering you with love. And maybe that feels so good because maybe you haven't had a relationship in 10 years and you're depressed and don't think anyone will ever love you. Or maybe you just had a shitty breakup and feel miserable. So you're vulnerable. Maybe you had shit with your parents that, you know, you got a little bit of wounding that makes you really attach onto people who give you that affection early on you know like there could be any number of reasons that or maybe you're just like a normal person with no trauma and you just like like feeling good around somebody like that's all totally normal right and so that's often what happens at the beginning of these things right is there's this like lovey-dovey like vibe right no matter again like what area of life it is like whether that is like a romantic relationship or whether it's like spiritual guru or like whatever right like political organizing that's actually a cult like you know there's so many different forms this can take which is why I'm not exactly highlighting one or the other at the moment but and then it switches right and so you become moved from being put on this pedestal by this person to being completely devalued where it's like you suck nothing about you is good anymore you're just a sham like you are the worst like you're responsible for every single bad decision this person has made like it's completely like the rug gets pulled out from under you and you know, that can be really scary. It can feel very destabilizing. Cause it's like, oh my God, I just thought this person was ABC and now they're XYZ. Like what the fuck? Where did that come from? And so if you don't know what's going on, like if you don't have the ability or the skill to take that five steps back and be like, okay, let me look at this rationally. Like this person is blowing up at me about something fucking crazy. Like no one in their right mind would blow up about this. I would never treat someone this way. I would never blow up about something so like innocuous. You know what I mean? But a lot of the time that doesn't happen because these targets, like I would say these victims of abuse if they don't leave immediately, um, because it does happen pretty early on, I would say, but people get caught in this cycle. So let me explain. So if you have the skill to see this immediately, you run, you bail, you like leave Um, after that first incidence of like fuckery, as I've described, you leave, you block, you're like, I'm going like whatever, it's done. You do not give a second chance. It's just over. Right. But a lot of the time folks like they don't realize that's what's happening. And so they blame themselves, right? Because they're like, oh my God, like this person is so amazing. And oh my God, they've treated me like we're so in love and I'm going to marry this person. And wow, no one's ever been so like caring and attentive towards me and made so much time for me. I feel like the center of the world. And now this person who has been so amazing is now turning on me. I must be the person who did something wrong. I must be the problem. I must have caused this. I must be the one that needs to change. I must be the one that's responsible because, you know, this person who was so nice and lovely is now being a psychopath. Like, I must be the problem. And so then these targets, these victims, if they don't know, like if this is, you know, if they don't have those skills to like notice these things in an emotionally sober way, and if they're kind of sucked in, which it can be so easy to get sucked in, then they start to contort themselves into like a little pretzel to try to please this abuser, to make them happy, to make them go back to like the awesome lovey-dovey vibe, 
you know? And so this exact same cycle that I just talked about, like it often repeats, 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 like, cause that lovey-dovey vibe will often continue, like it will reemerge often that people maybe will apologize. Oh my God, I'm working on myself. I'll never do it again. And then of course, like a month or two later, boom, it happens again. And like the person is psycho and you know, they rope you back in with whatever. And then it becomes this like repetitive, like abuse cycle. You can Google it like cycle of abuse. Like I can't remember, but it has like four different stages to it, I think technically. Um, but that's not really the point. Like in terms of like the number of stages or what the stages are called. My point here is that there is this cycle of like ups and downs and it becomes literally addictive in the brain and it creates something that's called disorganized attachment. So if you didn't have disorganized attachment before, you sure as fuck are going to have it after an experience with an abuser. And so full disclosure, um, I grew up with disorganized attachment because my parents had that particularly one parent had that cycle of love of like effusive good vibes and then would like at the drop of a hat turn crazy and mean and like vicious and so that confused my little child brain which makes sense and I ended up with something called complex post-traumatic stress disorder which is what you get if you're a prisoner of war (laughs) anyway I'm like all good now pretty much like obviously it's a lifelong journey like but I'm pretty much asymptomatic in terms of PTSD which I'm very very thankful for I have taken like honestly decades to now get what is called earned secure attachment so based on a lot of fucking internal work a lot of therapy a lot of spiritual work a lot of you know fill in the blank I've done so much work on myself it's like my full-time job um I've been able to overcome this, but because I've been able to overcome it, it means that I've got this ability to kind of see this stuff. And now I can talk about it and teach about it from that lived experience perspective. Um, And so that, anyway, back to the point of what I'm trying to say is like that disorganized attachment uh, it is what happens in abusive families. It's often what happens in dysfunctional families where the love is not consistent and reliable and kind disorganized attachment often happens when things are like fucked up it's like unpredictable and that creates addiction basically a psychological addiction and so i could like cite 20 million things about this um if you're interested in this topic honestly just google it i'm sure it would be really easy for you to find some like cool resources about this but it's very very interesting right so like oftentimes people talk about like secure attachment um, avoidant and anxious. So all of those are the organized attachment styles. And then disorganized is like off on a corner by itself. Sorry, my cat keeps jumping on me and I'm like, Choya, I'm busy. (laughs) So if you hear weird noises, uh, that is the cat trying to jump on me. So anyway, um, this is really, really important because no matter what your attachment style is from your family, If you are in a situation like, you know, a political cult or you're dating someone that behaves this way and you're like trying to contort yourself into it and you don't really realize what's happening to you psychologically, it is so easy to get sucked into that and then your brain is going to get fucked. Can you get out of that? Absolutely. But that is why I think the it's like takes seven tries to get out of an abusive relationship on average. And this psychological mechanism is why, right? I can't remember who it was. I probably should have looked this 
this up before I recorded this episode, but there is someone somewhere. I think the guy was out of BC in Canada. Um, his, he does addictions research. Forget his name. Um, I'm sure you can find it. But he did a very famous study on rats. And basically, it was like to understand addiction, basically. And like the TLDR, like short version of the study, from what I can remember, is that if the rats were given like something intermittently, like they couldn't predict if they like approached the thing, if there would be like water or food or like a sweet whatever or not like they would become so much more compulsively attached to that if they knew that like it was going to be like a particular time and there was a regularity to it they weren't really didn't give a fuck like their behavior was normal their psychology was normal everything was normal but if it's intermittent and unpredictable that is part of what creates that like compulsive like addiction stress in the brain I'm sure other people explain this like in a more scientific way that I'm explaining it right now but the point I'm trying to make here is like linking that unpredictability of reward of pleasure to these abuse psychology dynamics and so I'm hoping that makes sense to y'all because I know I'm getting like a little bit complex here but I do think it's so important to remember this right like in our relationships that are healthy one thing that's super important to look for is consistency. Is a person emotionally consistent? Or does their behavior kind of go fucking haywire? Like, after they love bomb you, like, do they keep being nice for a long time? Or do they have these moments of, like, acting like a fucking wacko and, like, treating you like shit just out of the blue when you didn't really fucking do anything? Like, pay attention to that stuff. It's not a blip. It's not just like, oh, they had a bad day. Like, there really is no excuse for that type of behavior. And if you're in a situation where you're like, you know what? I don't know if that behavior is abusive. Like, I don't know if that person is, you know, whatever. Like, try to flip the the script, right? Like, ask yourself, like, oh, if our roles were reversed, would I react that way? Would I ever say that to somebody, You know what I mean? And whenever I've done that in the past, when I was still kind of like working through some of that stuff, it was shocking to me because it jolted me out of all the excuses I was making for these people back when I did that. And I realized like, oh, wow, that's unfathomable. Like I would never even conceive of speaking to someone that way. I would never conceive of treating someone that way. That I like that's shocking. And so if you are in a situation like that you're like I don't know if this is abusive or not, like I don't know if this is, you know, creating this fucked up thing in my brain or not, like flip the behavior, like ask yourself like would you ever treat someone like that? Have you ever treated someone like that? And I think for most folks the answer would be like there's no fucking way. And so, you know, if that's the case, like why like, why is it okay for that person to behave that fucked up way, right? So I hope that makes sense, my friends. Um, but I do feel like it's something that's so important to speak on and understand collectively, you know, like understanding abuse psychology, the hot and cold nature of it, the fluctuation between love bombing and effusive like soulmate vibes and switching that out with like honestly cruelty and like fucking psycho behavior and people will often test folks early on and if you can be like you know swayed if you can be manipulated if you can have your boundaries trampled on then folks will just go and see how much further they can push you and 
this is how a lot of cults work. We can see this um, in so many different ways. Like the, I could talk about cult psychology forever, but cults also use like a lot of these same tactics that I talked about in the manipulation episode. You know, like I used an example of someone trying to ask me all these invasive questions about my childhood and cults do the same thing. Uh, they want you to be really sharing intimate stuff about yourself, like very personal information, like inappropriately soon. And so you can watch a bunch of documentaries about cults. Uh, one of the ones I find the most interesting is Wild Wild Country, which is the one on Osho, a.k.a. I can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> um, yeah, Bhagwan. Yeah, whatever the hell his name is. You can look it up. It's on Netflix. It's super interesting. And you see how a lot of very smart people get taken in by this. And so it's a thing. Um, Haruki Murakami wrote a really interesting book about... Um, oh my god, this crazy cult in Japan. Definitely Google that, look it up. It's a really interesting book. A bit dense at times, but there's a lot of interviews, there's a lot of interesting stuff. And so it's a fascinating, weird part of humanity looking at this stuff. Like, why do people behave this way? How is it that people are susceptible to it? But honestly, like, whether it's a giant group cult or whether it's the cult of the parent and the child and there is this weirdo fucked up thing or whether it's a romantic relationship, like, wherever there's human beings, that's the possibility for those relationships to be abused and for something as precious as love and care to be unfortunately used as a weapon to manipulate people and yeah and so one thing I want to tell any of you who are struggling with this is you are lovable you are amazing you are deserving of consistent peaceful love and care just because that you exist and if someone you love is constantly being cruel to you or insulting you or makes you feel like you don't deserve anything or blames you for all of their failures and bad moods, like, you deserve better than that. There's, like, a bazillion people on this planet. Like, trust me, there will be someone out there who loves you for you and thinks that you're, like, absolutely fucking spectacular. It might take a little while to find them. I has still not found my person you know, but I'm working on it. And I believe that it's important to have that faith that there will be other better people. And I've met a lot of amazing people who treated me like a fucking queen. They just didn't happen to be the exact right fit for me. Right. And so it's just part of this life. Like we go through these trials and errors, but what I want to say to you, if you know, you resonate with anything I've said today, and if you found yourself resonating, unfortunately, with some of the ups and downs, and the abuse psychology that I'm talking about, I just want to like send you all my love and just hope that you find the strength to get out of there as safely as possible. Um, Google the resources in your area, reach out to friends, do whatever you can do to protect yourself and just believe that you don't have to put up with that type of thing. There's other people out there that are amazing it is a true fact of life. So sending you so much love. Um, that is all I have to say on this topic for today. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in future episodes too because I just think it's really important and it's easy to miss. It's so easy to miss and it's so easy to blame the victim. 
But uh, if we're not trained in these things, if we're not seeking information on these things, it can be difficult to understand, it can be difficult to spot, and it can be really crazy making. So I just want to send everyone some good vibes and love and all that stuff. So anyway, <laughs> I've got a lot of programs happening. Uh, I'm not going to talk about them at this exact moment because it doesn't feel totally right. So I'm just going to let this episode sit with you guys. If you are curious what's going on and what you can jump into, uh, send me an email at ceo at sabrinamscott.com. My website is sabrinamscott.com. And Thank you again for listening. If you found this episode useful, please do share it. It would really mean the world. And I'm just sending you so much good vibes. I hope you learned something today and take good care of yourself if you need to. Okay? Much love, everyone. Bye.